Can I be honest for a minute? And if you don't mind, can I speak for all of us? Uh, and that's not something I normally like to do. Um, typically, I like to just speak for myself. I don't want to project what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking on other people. Um, but I think what I'm going to say, you have felt. At minimum, you've thought it, and a lot of us have said it, I'm sure, or some version of what I'm about to say. And that is that this year, this year has been hard. This year has been really hard and difficult. Our lives have been disrupted. And unfortunately, they continue to stay in a state of disruption. We don't know what's coming next. I mean, not long ago, we were all meeting in this building together. And now you're watching me via a screen from your home because things continue to be disrupted. Our lives are, feel like they're in a constant state of disruption. I made plans, you made plans, and they got canceled. They got disrupted. We spent months at home and stay in place orders, having to figure out what that even means, right? Spending more time with our family than we when we expected to, hopefully for the better, but nonetheless, it was a disruption. And we went from knowing what to expect to not having the slightest clue as to what's coming next. This year has been hard. We've experienced all sorts of loss. We've lost loved ones. Some of them happened just like that. Others just lost their fight this year. We've lost opportunities. For some of us, that's a job opportunity that we lost because of COVID and the whole situation. Others of us have lost the opportunities for vacations, graduations, honeymoons, weeks of camp. My girls were so mad about their week of camp being canceled. Some of us just lost Thanksgiving. And others have lost the opportunity to celebrate the life of someone who passed away. For many of us, we just lost time. I mean, this has been the longest and shortest year of my life. I'm not sure how that's possible, but there you go. And maybe the biggest loss a lot of us face is the loss of normal. We used to know what that meant. Today it's one way, tomorrow it may be different. We have to face this as we get older and the world changes around us. And in 2020, it seemingly happened overnight, giving us very little time to prepare. And often I find myself saying, now what? Now what? And on top of all of that, we had a crazy election that stirred up all sorts of emotion of love and kindness and helpfulness to our neighbors. And we loved people like never before, right? <laughs> or just the opposite. This year has been hard. This year has been crazy. Between COVID, between the election, between change, between 2020, it's just like, ah! It's all too much. But, but here we are. Here, we continue to stand. It's been hard. There is no doubt about that. But we continue pressing on. 
Much like what Paul says in Philippians 3, where he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We're not done. 2020 may almost be done, but we are not. And you know who else isn't done? God's not done. I'm convinced that he's been working in all of this the whole time. And I have no doubt that he's been working on you as well as me. So today, let's just acknowledge together that this has been tough, that this has been difficult, that this year has been hard. And let's just sit in that for this moment. And then let's commit to something together. Let's commit to that we are going to come out on the other side of this better. That we're going to grow and learn from these hardships. Much like what it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says this. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is encouraging us to find joy in these difficult times because our faith, our faith should be growing in perseverance. And that perseverance helps us mature and become more complete disciples of Jesus. When we talk about being a disciple, we talk about someone who knows and follows Jesus, someone who is changed by Jesus and someone who is on mission for Jesus. And when we experience this testing and these hardships, we're following Jesus and we begin to be changed by him if we let him. We learn lessons that only disruption, loss, and change can teach us. We're given an opportunity to put our faith into action. Listen, I'm not the same guy I was at the beginning of 2020. I've had to grow. I've had to put my faith into action over and over, and I've watched Jesus change me. He's grown me. He's matured me, and I'm still lacking, but I'm learning lessons along the way. What are some lessons you've learned in 2020? You know what? Let's take the next minute, and I mean minute, and let's share that with the people the people you're sitting next to, or if you're watching on Facebook, type it out in the comment section. I'll give you a minute. Share what is the lesson that you've learned in 2020. God's been up to something, hasn't he? I'm, I'm convinced that God has been working 
throughout all this time. And over the next few minutes, I just want to share some of the things that I feel like God has taught me and has reminded me throughout this whole pandemic, through this whole mess that we've been going through. And the first is this, is that community and relationships are more important than ever. During this time, I've been reminded how important community and relationships are. Because a Zoom call is good, but it's not the best, right? Being next to people is awesome. And I was reminded of that. Even as a guy who tends to be fairly introverted, I know my job doesn't let me be, but generally I get recharged by myself. And I could not believe how much I started going, I need to be around people. And I get it. With COVID, that's how the disease gets spread, right? So we're not always going to be able to do that. But the importance of continuing and cultivating relationships, particularly within the body of Christ, that's just something we can't lose. Because our faith is not built on us doing this alone. It's doing it as a community, as a group, loving one another and practicing the one another's. You know, the Bible, particularly the, the New Testament, is full of these one another's that are typically focused on what the church should be doing for itself and to each other. Things like love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves, build up one another, accept one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, and pray for one another. And that's not even all of them. But it's hard to do these one another's when we're not in community. And yes, being face-to-face, -face, being in personal space is going to be difficult, but we can still cultivate these relationships. We can still cultivate community by looking out for one another. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a letter. I don't know. But relationships are how Jesus, that's how Jesus did ministry. This is the reason that small groups are so important. That you would have a community of people, a tighter knit group of people who you can rely on in these moments. Who you can love on, who you can serve, who you can pray for, who can bear the burdens of a tough year. Relationship and community is just so important. And the stories I've heard over this whole thing, and maybe you've experienced of the people's love and hospitality and service, you know, it sort of makes my eyes water. I'm not going to cry today. I won't. But hearing people put their faith into action is just awesome. And this is where we get to do it in the relationships that we have with one another. And we're going to continue to have these hiccups. We're going to continue to have these hiccups where we don't know if we get to get together, right? But we have to, we have to keep that mindset because at some point at some day this isn't going to be the norm at some point we're going to be able to get back together and hebrews is very specific about wanting to make sure that we remember that as a community we need to come together in hebrews 10 verses 24 through 25 the author of hebrews says this it says and let us consider how we may spur one another another one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another another one another and all the more as you see the day approaching.
the importance of community and relationships can't be overemphasized. And that's why we have to remember when, when the hiccups stop, when the, the changes stop and we sort of get an even keel again, we need to be back in that habit of meeting together as the body of Christ. Second thing that I learned, I learned to hold my plans loosely and hold on to Jesus tightly. What do I mean by this? I mean, like, let's do a quick show of hands where you're at right now or in the chat, whatever. How many of you had a plan that did that got destroyed this year? What? No hands? <laughs> of course, we all are raising our hand, right? I'm raising my hand because my plans just didn't work. I came up into a year that plans just don't matter. They all got destroyed, right? And I learned that, the, that my type grip on my plans, and if we're just being honest, like the way I want things to go, that tight grip is painful when you have to release it. And I'm learning that control is an illusion. <laughs> and throughout this, God just beat me over the head about that time and time again. And am I good with it now? <laughs> no way. But I'm being changed. I'm allowing God to change me, allowing Jesus to change me, even if it's a baby step at a time. You know, James sort of talks about this later on uh, in, his, in his book in the fourth chapter. And he says this, he says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there carrying on business and making money, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. You know, before 2020 started, I would have told you that only something tragic would alter my plans because I had arranged them and manipulated them just the way I wanted them. And again, because the control was mine, right? Or so I thought. And after time after time in 2020, God reminded me of this passage. In my life, if my life is a mist, my plans are even less concrete and less solid. So I'm working on a different posture when it comes to the future. My plans, I can, I'm still going to make them because that's just wise and prudent. But I'm going to hold them loosely. I'm going to hold them more like this. Because this is painful. When my hands get ripped open, when my plans get destroyed, that's painful. But I'm reminded that if I hold these things loosely, and at the end of the day, if I trust that God will take care of things, it goes better. And that's what I'm being challenged by. And Jesus reminds us of this as well, because part of that control that I want to have, part of that tight grasp on my plans and my life that I have it's because I don't trust enough. And Jesus says this in, in Matthew chapter 6. He says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will, hold, or will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. I need to be worried about making my way happen less and more worried about holding on to the one who's sovereign, the one who's in control, 
the one who created this world. That is the lesson that I'm learning, to stop holding on to things, my plans, my wants, my needs, so tightly. Making those plans still, but holding it open-handed and trusting that God is going to take care of them. I'm going to cling to the one who never changes. As the light, as my world around me changes, feels like almost on a weekly basis, if not daily, I'm going to hang on to the one who never changes. Third, so we got community, relationships, and the, the, the essentialness of them. We have that we're, I'm learning to not hold on to my plans, to let them be loose and trust God more, worry less. And last but not least, and this is, seems like such a Sunday school answer, but I, this is just where this just came to me over and over. And it says, Jesus is really all I need. That Jesus is all I need. What I thought I needed was my control. What I thought I needed was having certainty. But God has reminded me that all I need is Jesus. To follow him, to allow him to change me through these circumstances that I, have, I don't have control over. To find a way to trust him in a new and deeper way. To be connected to him better in the midst of all of this craziness. You know, and Jesus really echoes this sentiment. He calls us to this in John 15, where he says this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and I will, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is calling us to stay connected to him, to be part of, be the branches that come off of his vine because he is all we need. That is where we get our joy. That is where we get our peace. That is where we get our trust. That is where we get all of these things that we've been at a deficit for. We need to be pouring in to our lives more Jesus. We need him more now than ever. I need him more now than ever. And look at what he says in verse 11, that last line. He says, and I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When James talked about us uh, going through these perseverances, uh, that they would, uh, these, these hardships and these trials and that this they would cause perseverance and that perseverance would help make us mature and complete. The same is true when we are connected to Jesus. Our joy can be made complete through him in this world. Listen, who knows how many more months we have of this? But 2020 is almost over. And we've blamed those four numbers for a lot. I've blamed those numbers for a lot. But we would be missing out on what God has been doing for the last 12 months. 
if we didn't have some moments where we would look back like we have today to learn the lessons that perseverance has begun to teach us. So don't miss that. Don't miss the fact that you that we need community and relationships because that's how we're built, that's how we are wired. Maybe, just maybe, join me in this really painful process of holding my plans more loosely and holding on to Jesus more tightly. And let's remember, at the end of all of this, the only thing, the only thing that we need is Jesus. May we put our love, our trust, our worth, may we put all of our eggs into that basket, not trying to control things on our own, not trying to do it all of our own way. May we be changed by him through the hardships that we've been going through, and may we become more like him.